I'm Jasmine Moradi, and you're listening to the Queens of Tech podcast, a podcast series about workplace role models, where I get the opportunity to ask 60 plus questions to female influencers about their journey into STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. My vision with this podcast is to raise the workplace ecosystem for women in tech. My mission is to bridge the gap between schools and workplaces by highlighting female role models in STEM to encourage more young girls and women to unleash their full potential in these fields to reach top leadership roles. In this episode, I'm very excited to welcome my guest, tech queen Clementine Platy, machine learning researcher at Twitter. Bonjour, Clémentine. Bonjour. Je suis très heureuse to have you joining us from Boston, USA today. Comment vas-tu? Ça va bien. Uh, thanks for inviting me. I'm really excited to be a part of your podcast. I listened to your first episode and I really liked it. Thank you. And I'm so happy to have you as my guest. Now, let us dive into your journey into tech. Hope you're ready for the Queens of Tech 60 plus questions. Let's warm up with a few fun facts about you. How would you describe your personality in three hashtags? I would have to go with hashtag Frenchie because I'm French and that it finds a lot of my personality. Hashtag Boston because I've been living here for 10 years and I love it. And hashtag machine learning because that's what I do in my daily activities. How would you describe your life in three sentences? So I grew up playing volleyball for uh, until I was 20 years old. That took most of my time. And then I went to university and I studied mathematics and statistics. From there, I got my PhD in the United States in statistics. And then I started working in the US in the field of data science machine learning, which was a continuation of my degree in a sense. What kind of music stimulates and motivates you the most? That really depends on the day. But what I like to do is I we have Pandora in the United States. It's a website where you can put one music and it's going to put music that are similar. And so today it's raining, so I'm listening to Ezio Boso, which is very quiet piano kind of musical music. What's your personal motto? There's no problem, there's only solution. What is your favorite book? Harry Potter, because I learned English with Harry Potter. What is your favorite podcast? Pivot. It's a podcast on tech and it's fantastic. If you like tech, I really recommend listening to it. Mac or PC? Mac. Say something interesting about you that most people don't know. Everyone knows everything about me. I'm not, I'm an open book. Nothing secret. What is your hidden talent? I had to ask my husband for that one. And he said that I can uh, always find something to cook even if we have nothing at home. If you were going to write a book about your life, what would the title be? The one that never gives up. Great start. Now, let us dig deeper. Our childhood has an effect on our adulthood. Our early experiences shapes our belief about ourselves, others, and the world. Now I want to discover your childhood. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a very rural town, which is called Saint-Pierre-la-Palue. It's uh, near Lyon, France. I think there were like 500 people living there. And the farmer would go through the main street with his cows. What was your dream job as a child? I wanted to be an astronaut. What was your favorite subject in school? Mathematics. What was your least favorite subject? French. What is your earliest memory of technology and the arrival of the internet? It's funny, the first thought that comes to mind is connecting to the internet 
at the time, like in the 90s, there was a little sound. You could not use your phone and you were paying internet by the hour. And so your parents would yell at you if you were staying too long. Which were the three first technology gadgets you owned? So the first one I can remember of is getting a compact disc for my seventh birthday. And it was with the CD of Celine Dion. I think that was her first CD. And then my dad gave me his very first laptop, which was probably humongous. And I was just using it to play cards games. Who was your female role model growing up and why? I don't really have role model, but as a kid, I really liked the cartoon cat size where it was sisters fighting crimes. I have three sisters, but at the time I had two. And so we were really identifying ourselves to being those ladies fighting crimes. How do you think where you grew up and the school you went to and the generation you come from influenced your education and career choice? I don't think that where I grew up influenced me. The thing that really, really influenced me the most is my mother, because for some reason she made it a point of principle to tell me and my sisters that we had to be financially independent women and that this would happen through education. And so for as long as I can remember, I've always been a very serious student, but I wasn't just because I was serious, it's because my mom was telling me I needed to be financially independent as a woman. And so I've always been a very hard studying student. Interesting. Now I'm going to read two quotes. First one, how does the universe expect me to choose a career path at 16? I can't even choose what I want for dinner. Second, Abraham Lincoln said the best way to predict your future is to create it. So I want to know the choices behind your career path. What did you study at university? I studied in France and I think I was lucky in that, that I didn't have to choose what I had to study. I had to kind of just narrow down the scope a little bit after high school. And so I went to what we call an engineering school. And so in an engineering school, you study multiple scientific topics and then you get to choose. So I first went to an engineering school where I learned about a bunch of topics. But then based on this, I was like, I really want to specialize in mathematics and statistics. Who and what influenced you to get into your choice and fill them? This was my sister's boyfriend. It was an, an accident. The only topic I liked at university was mathematics. And one day I was talking to him and I was saying, you know, I really like mathematics, but I don't know what kind of job I could do with that. I don't want to be a teacher. And he mentioned to me, he was like, you know, there's this program on the other side of the country that has like a math department. And I don't think it leads to teaching. You should look into what they do. And that conversation, like on a random day, just really changed the course of my life. Because if I hadn't known about this program, I would have never ended up where I am today. What professional roles have you had before that led you to the current one? So I think one of the very pivotal moments I've had, and it's indirect, is that I had an internship in France at the Atomic Energy Commission, and it was a semi-research role. And what the reason that this was pivotal is that at the time, I've always thought of research as a place for old white men, something very boring. But I actually joined their, their lab and my internship advisor were those super lovely ladies. And I was surrounded with people that were young and interesting. And I was like, you know what? Like the research is actually pretty cool. And so I applied for a PhD after that. What does Twitter do and what is your title? So Twitter is a social platform. If you've never used it, you can get newsfeed on it. What I do for Twitter, I'm a machine learning researcher, which means I develop algorithms that hopefully make the content on Twitter more interesting to the user. And more specifically, I'm part of the recommender system team. And what this means, recommender system is the process of if I have tons of items, how do I sort them? 
So Netflix is a recommender system. How do I show you movies? Amazon is a recommender system. Which product sh should I show you? And at Twitter, we have recommender system because there are which tweets should we show you or which people should we recommend you to follow? Those are recommender systems. How did you get the job and what are your main responsibilities? They reached out because I was working at TripAdvisor on the recommender system team. And what I do for Twitter is that I literally sort things for them. What does a typical workday look like for you? I usually go to the gym in the morning. By the time I come back, I hang out with my husband. We have coffee. Sometimes we go for a walk. Thank God for remote work because it's giving us the time now to do those sort of things. And then around 8.30 a.m. I open my laptop. Uh, the first thing I do is that I read the messages that I've had because the people I work with are in different time zones. It goes from London to San Francisco. And so people might have emailed me yesterday or early this morning and I'm waiting for answers. So that's the first thing I do. I reply to people and then I run a lot of algorithms. I launched algorithms last night and so I'm anxiously waiting to see how they're doing, our results good and probably they're not going well so I'm gonna have to like solve my problems. I love the quote, choose a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. So what do you love the most about your role? So this is a really easy answer for me. The thing that I love the most is that uh, I'm working at Twitter today, but I worked at TripAdvisor, which is a very different type of product. I worked at the French Atomic Energy Commission, where it was an energy sector trying to assess risks of nuclear incidents. So my skills are extremely transferable. My goal is to build models. And as long as you give me data, I can do that. And so I can work in so many fields that this is very appealing to me because it makes your career just more flavorful. What is the best experience you've had in your role so far? I must say that uh, one of the things I'm the most excited about is that I just rolled out one of my models at Twitter on the notification products. So if you're receiving notifications on Twitter today, it's coming from me. Amazing, impressive. And what is the biggest challenge you've encountered so far and how did you tackle it? Being a researcher, one of the challenges is that you're trying to answer questions to problems that there's not necessarily an answer to. And so you can spend a lot of time doing your best without getting any results. You can be very close to the answer, you don't know it. It's like walking in the dark. And this can be mentally frustrating because you're a very hardworking person until you've finished what you were trying to do. It's like you've done nothing. And so this can be difficult sometimes. What do you wish everybody understood about your role? I'm an engineer. I'm not an IT person. Stop asking me to fix your printer. <laughs> Message from my mom. <laughs> what is the common myth about your profession or field that you want to disapprove? I think it's about my field. I think people think that some sort of malevolence sometime. One, one example I have in mind is that I used to work for TripAdvisor and my friends would tell me, I saw a price and when I clicked on the hotel, it was $10 more. They're doing this to trick me. And I think what people don't realize, and I didn't realize it myself until I worked in the field, is that there are some problems that look very simple for the user, but that are actually really hard. Example, I was quoting, getting a price of a hotel is a really hard problem. TripAdvisor couldn't ask price in real time all the time, so you cash price, which means that there's error potentially. It's just that the product you use, a lot of work is being put into it by people that and to be very thoughtful. And I'm yet to see an instance where we try to trick the user into, into something. This is just, there's just not as much malevolence as people might think. What do you love about working in the tech industry? I really like the work culture and the flexibility. Just, just giving an example, my office are very colorful at Twitter. 
it's very fun environment. I have friends who work in finance and I go to their office and it's cubicles and it's white and it's very serious and everyone is wearing a suit as opposed to not quoting company names, but one of the company names that I joined at some point on the first day, they asked us to please wear shoes because people had been walking around the office barefoot. And that was actually, I guess, the limit to what they were willing to accept. And so this is just very casual environment. And that's what I, I don't want to work in a serious place. Oprah Winfrey quoted, think like a queen. A queen is not afraid to fail. Failure is another stepping stone to greatness. What have by far been your biggest achievements in your career? So it's not quite in my career, but something that I'm really proud of is that I created a mentoring program two years ago at my university to help students, to guide them in their employment search. Because when I looked for employment myself, it was harder than I had anticipated. And uh, I learned a lot along the way and, and I wanted to pass on some knowledge. And so I must say that just having students reach out to me and tell me they got an internship through the mentors they have or that they answered a question in an interview because I told them about that sort of question before. It's just really rewarding. What's the biggest factor that has helped you become successful? Any success habits? This is very typical of my field. It's, it's not necessarily true for every field, but my field is very competitive. For roles, it's not rare to have 10,000 applicants. It's not enough to be good at what you do. You also have to make yourself visible. And this is something that I've learned the painful way, but that I've made a conscious effort at. And so I think that just networking is very important in your career. And this has been a successful habit of mine, for sure. How do you measure your own performance at work? Did my model make it in production? What is your biggest failure in your career and what did you learn from it? I was looking for an internship in 2016 and I thought that my resume and my degree would speak for itself. And I applied to maybe 25, 30 places and I heard back from no one. I learned a very painful way that you have to do more than just apply to a job. You have to connect with folks to make yourself visible when it comes to employment search. And that's how I started the mentoring program. What is inspiring and motivating you the most in your role and career right now? I really enjoy working with junior employees, trying to help them solve some of the problems they're going through. It's particularly rewarding when they've been stuck for a little while and they reach out because they don't know what else to do and you can help them walk through their problem and help them find a solution. This is something I really enjoy. Wow, that's very inspiring. So let us not jump into the influence of mentorship and role models. Role models can consciously or subconsciously be a powerful force in our lives. In addition, mentors can guide us through our career journey and open up the world of possibilities exactly as you were explaining. So do you have a mentor today? I do not have a mentor, but I have a support network of people, people that I've worked with, friends, and that I can tap into when I have a question. Who is the female role model you look up to in your field? I don't have a female role model, nor do I have a male role model. Interesting, because history shows that it has been more common for men having mentors and role models in business than women. How important do you think is to have a role model and mentor during one's career? I'm not really keen on the idea of having a role model, mostly because I think that people always display themselves in a certain light and you don't see the entire picture. And so you could aspire to be someone, but you don't really know what that someone is. So that's not really my thing to look 
look up to some people. I would say though that having a mentor can be useful uh, if you find the right person. And there are folks that have walked a path that you're going to walk and that could have some learnings that they could teach you. Yeah, if you can find yourself a person that you that you trust, I recommend it. Let's now move on to leadership. Shirley Samber, CEO of Facebook, quoted, leadership is about making others as a result of your presence and making sure that the impact lasts in your absence. What does leadership mean to you? The people I've worked for that I considered good leaders, what I appreciated from them is that they were bringing the best out of me. And so I think that would be my answer is, can you help a person grow in their career? And can you help them become the best version of themselves? What do you consider a good versus a bad leader? Some good leaders I've seen that I really like. I joined TripAdvisor and on the first day, the vice president of the division had a meeting. I don't remember what was the purpose of the meeting, but he basically asked around the room for everyone's opinion. And you could see that everyone's opinion was important to him. He was using his team as a as counseling. But then at the end of the day, you could also see that the decision would be his and that he would bear the, the consequences of whatever outcome was happening. Is someone that uses his team as counsel, but at the same time is decisive. That's something I, I aspire to as a leader. Bad leader, micromanagers, people who think that everyone they're working with are just bad, that they're the only person in the room that understands anything doesn't trust their team, want to check every detail of what you're doing. Who is your favorite female tech leader and why? I don't have a favorite tech leader. How would you describe yourself as a leader? I really don't think myself as a leader personally, but I do hope that the people around me know that they can reach out to me for counsel. What leadership lessons have you learned, bad and good, that have formed you into the leader you are today? Again, I, I don't really think of myself as a leader, but some of the of the leaders I've worked for that I would want to try to emulate are the ones that listen to you, praise your work before pointing out how uh, your work can be improved. I've worked for leaders that are very quick to jump to pointing the flaws as opposed to, and don't do not acknowledge the effort you've been putting into moving some work forward. And I think that being appreciative of the work that your people are putting forward is really important to me. I hope that's something I, I do in my daily activities. What are your three strengths and three weaknesses? I think my strengths is that I'm very helpful. I really genuinely like helping others. And I think this is motivated by the fact that I've never been this kid in school that's really smart and understand everything right away. So I've always had to work hard to understand something. And so it makes it easier for me when someone reach out to have patience in answering that question, because I understand that it's not always easy to grab a concept. So I think I'm really patient when people reach out with questions, and I actually really enjoy that. My three weaknesses, I think, is that I, I like polish sometimes in my communications. I can be very blunt. That's perhaps the French person in me, but I don't do as much roundabout that I should. And this is something I'm really working on. I'm very brief on my wording. Let us now jump into the hottest topic in business today, workplace culture, unlocking the power of diversity, equality, inclusion. What do diversity, quality, inclusion mean to you personally? For me, diversity and inclusion is the process of bringing as many people from as many backgrounds as possible into one place. What do you consider being three to five signs of good company culture if you were to join a company? The one thing is 
how much turnover do they have? If you find out that the oldest member of the team has been there for a year, it's not usually a good sign. People are not staying there and there's a reason. As a woman, what has been the most significant barrier in your career and how have you overcome these challenges? I do not personally think that I've faced barriers, but I think that one of the barriers most women do face is that they self-censor themselves. They do not apply to the roles simply because they think that they're not as qualified as they are, which is a very woman thing to do. Men, if they look at a job description and they check three boxes, they're going to be like, oh yeah, I'm good. Women, is they check nine out of 10, they're like, oh, I'm missing that one skill, so I don't know. I don't have that problem, but I think a lot of women do. Why do you think it's important for more women to join the tech industry, especially as leaders? I just want to broaden the scope of this question. I think it's important for a person from every background to join the tech industry, not just women. I'm talking about ethnicity, I'm talking about age. And the reason is that in my experience, if you have folks from various backgrounds, you generate varied ideas. and when everyone is the same person, whatever person that is, you tend to just converge and move forward always the same thing. And you're missing on opportunities just because if you all think the same, you all move the same idea forward and the scope of your vision is just much smaller. Do you and how do you speak with your female and male colleagues about diversity, equality, inclusion challenges, especially salary gaps? we don't uh, this is not a conversation that i have going on i don't talk about salary gaps there are many public and internal discussions about the barriers women face from reaching higher positions in the tech industry how do you feel it has affected and is affecting you and what is your advice on how to best unblock these roadblocks it's not just about tech i think it's about the workplace in general i think it's harder for women to reach leadership positions and i think the reason is that it starts at home because women when we start our career we get to the edge where maybe we're gonna have children what happens when we have children is that someone has to take care of them and if your spouse is not supportive it tends to rely on the woman to make sacrifice to go pick up the kids after schools to bring them to school to bring them to school activities which means that this is time they're not spending at work. This is time where they're not moving forward their careers. And so I think that having a supporting spouse that spread the load of the household work is really key in helping women move forward in their career. As the tech industry finds it hard to attract and retain women, what is your best advice on strategies for how companies can work to build a stronger corporate culture that engages gender diversity? So I think for me, there are three key things that really would help women. The number one is flexible work hours. I've just talked about picking up kids up to school. Like, So if you can pick up the kid and then go back to work, it's really helpful. The second thing is equitable pay. One of the reasons women struggle to move forward in their careers is because often when a couple has a child, sometimes the cost of childcare is so expensive that one of the parents has to stop working and take care of the child. And the natural conversation is which one earns the least? That's the one that's gonna stay home. And if the woman doesn't earn as much, the traditional thing is like, okay, so you're gonna stay at home. So if women are paid what they're worth, it increases their wages, it increases their chances of staying at work. And the last thing I would say is remote work opportunities. It's not rare in a couple that often the wife will 
follow his her husband or her wife across the country for roles that this person is having and helping them move forward their career. And so the wife is constantly relocating, changing jobs and not moving forward her career. If she had access to remote work, she could stay in her position and continue growing in her role instead of just helping her spouse move forward her career. So yeah, flexible hours, remote work, equitable pay are, I think, really key. What would you say are the few challenges and possibilities of implementing diversity, quality, inclusion culture in a workplace today? I think the main challenge is that even for companies that actually do make a conscious effort, at the end of the day, they're working with a pool of candidates and the pool of candidates is driven by the folks that are graduating. And if you look at the STEM programs, it's majorly men. Actually, the, the candidate graduating in computer science, engineering, it's not a diverse pool at all. Even for companies that want to make a conscious effort, the pool of candidates is not diverse. So I think it really starts with the schools, actually. Why and how do you think companies would benefit from having workplace gender diversity, especially better gender representation at the top? It gives to women out there, younger ladies, uh, the impression that it's possible. Uh, as I said, I never pictured myself as a researcher because I had this vision that researchers were old white male. And it's not that I was self-censoring myself, it's just it's not what was visible. I think it's, it would be great if we could see more diversity, just to encourage folks from every background to picture themselves as leaders. How much do you think the industry has changed regarding diversity, quality, inclusion since you joined? I think I'm lucky that I work in tech, which I believe tries to make a conscious effort to hire folks from a diverse background. My field is not the most biased one. I would say though that when I joined Twitter, one of my first meetings, it was me and 30 men, which was very strange to me. But, but since then, it's been 18 months and in my team, we're now five or six ladies when I was the only one when I joined. And this is something that, for instance, Twitter makes a very conscious effort. Like they are very actively trying to be diverse. And so I, I do see that it's part of the public conversation. It's a slow process because as I said, it started in school. But I think especially in tech, there is a conscious effort to try to be more diverse. Looking back on your career, what one thing would you have changed in your working environment to break the bias? I think again, just just encouraging women to apply to roles that they wouldn't bear applying to would be really helpful. Women tend to be just, they, they tend to suffer from the imposter syndrome. They tend to think that they're not worse what they're worse way more than most men do so i think encouraging women to apply pushing them towards leadership when you're a manager encouraging them is really important and also again trying to give them equal pay women tend to not ask their worse in salary i think that obviously financial means is a good way to keep women in tech and so looking forward what will you do as a leader to improve the bias for the next generation of women in tech i think mentoring young ladies is really important because you can be their cheerleader. You can help them achieve their potential by just, by, literally by just being their cheerleader. You can do this. I know you, you're smart. And so just being supportive for young women around you is really helpful. Let us move on to another hot topic in business today, which is workplace life balance and mental health. You have, without a doubt, a busy lifestyle. How do you take care of yourself to maintain a good mental health? 
I have two things that I try to do, not consistently, but I do try. Uh, I try to work out as much as I can when I do have the time. And the second thing is, and this is hard for me, this is a conscious effort, but I try to leave my laptop at 5 p.m. and to not reply to answers. And it's specifically difficult because I do enjoy my job. So I'm very drawn to my laptop, but I work with folks in the UK and I work with folks in San Francisco, which means that there's always someone messaging me and it's really easy to be sucked into it. And so I really try to unplug, especially now that I work from home where your laptop is here, like right here. I, I make a conscious effort to try to not engage with my work after certain hours. Have you ever experienced burnout? No, thank God. Knock on wood. What motivates you every day to get out of bed? You know, I just, I really like what I do. I, I love the field of machine learning. The question is that what gets me out of bed? It's like, how do I leave my laptop? That's, 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 my husband had like, at some point, like we had to have a conversation because he was like, you have to stop working. <laughs> so that's the hardest thing for me. It's not to get out of bed, it's to go back to bed. <laughs> what is your advice on how companies can create a more mental healthy workplace? In a very strange way, I think that the pandemic has been a blessing because we've discovered remote work in a way that we just didn't envision two or three years back. And I must say that remote work and flexible workouts have been such a boost in my mental health because back in the days I had to drive to work, but now I work out in the morning. And so if I had to go back to the office this time that I spent at the gym working on me, I would spend it in traffic. And this is just a lifestyle change. Like we don't wake up with an alarm clock anymore. I really hope companies keep remote work and flexible workouts. This is a blessing. Now let us wrap up with a few words of wisdom and piece of advice for our listeners. What is the best piece of advice you've been given that has helped you during setbacks in your role and career? It's not a piece of advice, but I think I've been very blessed in that very early on, my mother has really give, given me and my sister self-confidence. She's always told us that we can do anything, like anything. And I've never really doubted it, but I think it's because she kind of distilled it. And so don't self-censor, try everything. If you fail, that's okay, but don't you dare not trying. And then what is the worst advice you've ever been given and how did you tackle that? Don't try it. When I was applying to PhDs, one of my friends told me that uh, you know, I wouldn't make it. And she wasn't being mean. I think she was just trying to prepare myself mentally. And I thought she was being thoughtful, but never let anyone tell you that you cannot do anything. You'd rather try and fail than not try. I don't understand people who don't try. Is there something you wish you would have known or a skill you wish you had when starting out in the tech industry? Network, network, network. If you had the ability to go back in time when you were just at the beginning of your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? Don't be so hard on yourself. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just do your best and don't be too hard on yourself. What advice would you give to young girls and women trying to break into engineering and technology fields today? You are smarter than you think. Don't self-censor. Try everything you can. Reach for the star and if you get it, that's great. Last but not least, what is next for you in your role and career in tech? What are your career aspirations? I don't have aspiration, I just float. I just enjoy to see where things bring me. Clementine, thank you so much for being a guest on the Queens of Tech podcast. Sharing your journey will without a doubt inspire change and reshape company culture for the new generation of women in tech. Thank you, Jasmine, that was a pleasure. Thank you for listening. 
If you have worked in the tech industry a minimum three years and would like to share your journey, please nominate yourself or somebody you know to i at jasminemoradi.com. For more podcast episodes and to learn more about the Queens of Tech initiative and to support us, visit queensof.tech.